Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Oladance, wireless Bluetooth headphones which deliver 19 hours of battery life, superior sound, the ability to still hear your surroundings for safety, and an open ear design which means you don't get that achy feeling from wearing them for extended periods. I used these on my 100 mile wilderness run, and if you're curious, head over to oladance.com forward slash ST and use code ST at checkout for $30 off their OWS2 headphones. Also, thanks to Pillar Performance. Pillar, spelled P-I-L-L-A-R, is a sports micronutrition company that I was introduced to after having Sam Parsons from Tin Man Elite on the show a while back. I use their pineapple coconut flavored triple magnesium product, which delivers high potency magnesium glycinate for better sleep and added recovery during my training blocks. If you'd like to try Pillar today and you're an American-based listener, head over to thefeed.com forward slash pillar and use code SINGLETRACK in all caps for 15% off your order. For international listeners, use the same code for the same discount, but a different link. Use pillarperformance.shop. Finally, thanks to Kodiak Cakes, makers of my favorite pancakes. They've been at the center of so many memorable post-long run breakfasts. They don't just taste great. It's 100% whole grain. There's 14 grams of protein per serving that helps with recovery. Go over to their website. Get yourself a few boxes of the mix. In the process, use code SINGLETRACK15 at checkout for 15% off your next order. With that, let's get to the show. Jen Lichter, it's great to have you back on the Single Track Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm in France now, so can't be too upset about that. But thanks for having me. First time in Chamonix? First time, yeah. Uh, second time in Europe. Okay. Worlds was my first time, so it's, it's not disappointed. What's the what's the initial reaction to the Chamonix Valley? Have you had a chance to do any shakeout runs, anything like that? Yeah, I think one word that comes to mind is Wow. I think, you know, you see pictures and you um, hear about it, um, but to actually be here, you just realize how insane and grand everything is. Uh, by everything, I mean the mountains that surround um, the town. Uh, but yeah, they're striking. It's, it's it's striking. I can't believe people live here <laughs> year-round. Yeah, I was talking to my friend Mike a few days ago, who and Mike's in Les Uches right now, and he was saying that in a place like Chamonix, especially pre-race, you have to actively plan your runs to avoid, you know, these three, 4,000 foot climbs where it's, it's typically the reverse here in the States where you have to really intentionally plan out these runs to, to accumulate avert. So yeah, totally different ball game there. Um, I want to go back in time a bit before we get into OCC discussion. Last time we had you on the show was before the 2022 speed goat 50 K uh, and it just generally seemed like a pretty special summer for you. You had one broken arrow, you won the rut, you nearly won speed goat despite taking a wrong turn. But I, I took a look at your social media after that. And you sort of confided that you, you took quote too big a bite in that stretch racing wise. And ultimately you, you ended up sort of shutting things down a bit early. I'm curious, what was that experience like for you? And what did you learn from that experience of, you know, having that amazing stretch of performances and then sort of needing to halt things on a dime. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things with being new to the trail scene is um, everything's new and everything's really exciting. And then you have people who see you race and then they see your strengths in racing. And then they're like, you th I think you will do great at this race. 
And you can't help but say, yes, that sounds awesome. And, you know, Speed Goat, for example, wasn't even on my mind at the start. And even when I raised Broken Arrow, I signed up two days after Broken Arrow um, because I had some friends say, oh, you would do so great, Speed Goat. Like, you love this type of mountain stuff. Um, you should do Speed Goat. And I was like, I've never heard of this race. But um, then I went online, kind of saw the profile. And I was like, you know, it sounds pretty much up my alley sounds kind of like something like the rut, for example, um, a little more verdy than broken arrow, um, and not as technical as the rut. So I was like, it's like the perfect medium. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, and then of course, then I did another 50 K later in October, um, after the rut. And so it was, I was in a place where I felt so confident and so fit that um it was hard to be that way you know performance wise fitness wise and say no because you feel unstoppable you feel on top of the world um and then my body you know was giving me signs uh like pre pre rut actually um that i needed to maybe shut it down after but um Mm. you know i i still even had a great performance at the rut regardless um but you know, I took two weeks off, did this glacier trip with Mike Foot, um, and then was like, okay, I got three weeks till Worlds. So I ended up hopping in a 50K thinking I was, you know, it's going to be my long run. And then I just got very injured on that race. Um, I just like, my body was like, nope, we're, we're shutting it down for you. And so sometimes mm. when you can't do it, your body will do it for you. And so going into this year, my training has been so different. Um, my racing has been so different um, and just how I approach um, saying yes to things and um, yeah, just being more cautious, more mindful that um, this is like a longevity thing, not a, not a, I want a quick fix kind of scenario for me. I want to, yeah. I want to be in the trail scene for a while. And um, I think that part of, part of um, being new is kind of learning from that, even if it's, painful, um, uh, mentally and physically as injuries are. So it seems like one of the great traps for an athlete like yourself, when you get to your level of the sport where everybody wants you to be involved in their event, you have sponsors around you, you have race directors around you, friends around you. And they're all saying like, go do this race, come here, come here. And you sort of, well, maybe you lose touch with what you actually want to do or what you, you feel like is appropriate you say that you're, you're sort of a different runner. You have a different mindset about how to approach the sport in 2023. What has ultimately worked for you in maybe creating some separation between how you want to approach things and all of those voices out there in the community saying, you know, come do this, come do that. Right. Um, I think it's, um, part of it is the, you know, the quality of the race versus the quantity that I want to do. So I can't, you know, for example, last year, I couldn't be peak form at every single race. So I had to be um, pretty much sub, like subpar of it as in like I did what I could, but it wasn't like probably what I could have done if I just had focused on that one race um, because, you know, I didn't recover as well because I raced a 50K three weeks prior. Um, and so um, I think this year I chose races um, that I was excited about. Um, and just decided, you know, this is the schedule that I'm going to set for myself. 
at the start of this year. And this is what I'm going to stick to it because I think once you get into a season, it's kind of hard to just kind of like, you know, throw that out the, out the, out the window and say to yourself, ah, oh, but I wasn't, I wasn't thinking I was going to be this good. So I might as well mm-hmm. like use my fitness and show everyone how good I am. And so this year is more like I, the races that I do want to do, I want to full, like full send them basically. Um, and, uh, and just feel like I am rested. I am, and I'm ready to tackle them versus, oh, I'm, you know, like, I'm going to see what I can do today because I just did a really hard 50K three weeks ago. Um, and so, yeah, it's just sticking to my guns and actually peaking for a race <laughs> um, instead of just one. I feel like last year, I'm not going to lie, I think I peaked at <laughs> Broken Arrow because I yeah. was so excited about it with um, it being a world's qualifier. And then, um, you know, then training for Speedgoat um, because it was so last minute. Um, and I mean, I did really well. I'm not going to lie. Like that was, it was hard. It was probably the hardest <laughs> race uh, just because of the extra climb. But um, but I think out of all of the races, um, I felt the most sharp at Broken Arrow. Um, even at the Red, I was pretty tired. Um, yeah. And um, and then I had a train for worlds and that in itself was, um, kind of a survival thing. So my body was, you know, going from one fifty K in 2021 to, you know, four, um, in 2022 and then possibly an 80 K and then, um, the trail marathon in April, like that was a lot for my body and I should have known. So, well, I, appreciate all of that perspective. And I love that you have framed 2023 around this concept of every single race I sign up for, I'm signing up with the expectation that there will be a full send involved. I think that's a great way to approach it because it's very easy to eliminate all of this extraneous stuff as a result. Um, the year seems like it's off to a great start. You, you won the Lake Sonoma marathon. You probably most notably took fourth overall first American at the 46 K event in Innsbruck at the world trail championships back in June. You did mention after that race that there was a big question mark heading into it and that after the fact, it it did ultimately take a lot out of you. Go into more detail about your mindset and your fitness before and after that race. Oh, man. So before the race, I was um, I wasn't even really that nervous. I think I was just more curious. Um, And, you know, I think having had a winter where I didn't train. I didn't run. I cross trained, obviously, but um, I couldn't run till uh, basically the start of January, where I was walk running every other day, every two days, um, and really started doing back to back runs. You know, like the second week of February, and so um, Lake Sonoma for me was, you know, like a big indicator of like where my fitness was, um, and you know, I, Lake Sonoma was very hard and I don't remember it being that hard last year, but I also wasn't, um, you know, as out of shape. Um, but yeah, I think worlds was more of a curiosity thing because I feel like last year when I stepped on the starting line, I knew where my fitness was. Um, I knew my strengths. I knew where, you know, with other athletes signing up, I could be or where I would be. Uh, Worlds was, I had never raced against Europeans. Um, I'd never raced against the Americans that showed up 
um, or were selected um, or qualified. Um, and I really have been only training for about three months. So, I mean, I granted it was a very solid three months of training, um, but I just, I think I entered it out of curiosity versus nervousness. And I think that actually played to my benefit because I viewed it as more as like, all right, like, you know, you love climbing, you know, you love like mountainous 50 Ks. I viewed this more as a 50 K than a 46 K. Um, and so I just kept telling myself, you know, all you can do is put one foot in front of the other and you love a good grind and like, there's no expectation whatsoever for yourself. I felt like I almost had pressed the reset button. Um, and I just, I try, I focus on not comparing myself, uh, to who I was last year. Um, because I was, you know, like the list is, is ignorance last year. Um, and now it's like, you know, this is an opportunity to test yourself against the best in the world. And so it was more of an exciting thing than a nervous thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea where I would fall as far as the world or like that group yeah. of women. Um, so coming out of that in fourth place, I was shocked, really. Um, I, you know, I aim to place in the top 10 maybe. Um, but at the end of the day, I didn't know what to expect. And so I just went in there and I, I just ran my race. I ran the way that I would run any other 50 K like I did last year. I just like, you know, you know, your effort level and you just have to trust it. And, um, that's what I did. And it played really well. Thanks to Brooks for their support of our UTMB coverage. I used their Cascadia H2 way back in 2014 when I was introduced to trails via my through hike of the Appalachian Trail. So this is pretty cool. I've been wearing lately their new high point collection in the field, particularly their waterproof rain jacket and pants, as well as the new and improved Cascadia 17 shoe. The style and the performance across the board are all on point. I even wear that waterproof rain jacket sometimes during these interviews. Check it all out over at brooksrunning.com forward slash single track. Also, thanks to Morton. 80% of my run of the 100-mile wilderness earlier this month was supplied by Morton. I used 25 of their hydrogels, 10 of their 225C bars. They all went down easy. There was no palate fatigue, and they made me feel good because it's all natural ingredients. These are the same products used by top athletes like Tom Evans and Killian Jornet. So head over to Morton.com to take a look at what they got and try some for yourself. And finally, thank you to Features, makers of my favorite trail running socks. They're durable, they're comfortable, they're stylish, and they're trusted by, again, many of the best athletes in our sport. If you'd like to give them a try, head over to their website, grab a few pairs, and use code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout for 20% off your next order. With that... Let's get back to the show. Yeah, fast. I was just going to ask you about your takeaways from that race in terms of your competitive standing in the sport and whether that race was ultimately what gave you the confidence to compete at the highest level and to believe that you belonged at the top of the sport at any start line. Or did you already believe that before Worlds and it was just kind of, it kind of bared out that way? Like, how'd you think about that? Um, so, I mean, I definitely. Coming out of uh, my season last year, I definitely believe that I belonged up there. There was, um, and like, I'm not being cocky or anything when I say this, but like, 
I know I could have been, you know, maybe in the podium had I not been injured all winter. Um, And so for me, it was like, I knew I belong up there. I wasn't sure if I was at that level fitness wise as of June, but um, I knew the best Jennifer when she's healthy, when she's fit, when she's confident, she can race with those top ladies. And so I actually came out of worlds, not really, not disappointed that I didn't podium. I came out of there so excited. And I, you know, I think there was one point in the race where I bonked really bad for about four miles. I went from third place to seventh place. And um, I just kept telling myself, oh, no, Jen, you went out too hard. Um, you went out like like last year, basically. And, um, and then I was like, but it's like mile 12. I still have so many more miles to go. And so I just shoved some gels, drank some water, and then just like that, within like 20 minutes, um, I was like revived and was able to start running and climbing um, again. And so um, I came out of, you know, I came out of Worlds, you know, excited because I was like, I still have so much fitness to gain back and I haven't even touched that yet, that yet this year. And so, um, and I love competition. Like I would rather race a race that, you know, I fit, I get my butt kicked, but I'm like, went all out, uh, than a race that I, that I win, you know, by 20 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. So I love competition. I think it brings out the best in the best, honestly. I really appreciate that perspective and I appreciate the confidence and it's interesting timing because I would, before this interview, I was talking with Dakota Jones about his race for CCC and he sort of joked that a lot of these pre-race interviews ironically become a competition over who can sandbag the most heading into their race. Like, oh yeah, you know, like I feel okay. Like things might be all right. And so I, I just, I, yeah, I don't see it as cocky at all. I think, I think it's just being realistic and it's, it's good insight for fans like myself who, uh, yeah, who are just curious to see how these races are going to play out. Um, I do want to talk about OCC specifically. First question being, what did you do in the last, let's call it six to eight weeks to really specifically get ready for this race? Like, what do you see as the demands of this race and how did you fine tune to be as ready as possible? Um, that's a great question. Um, so I think my coach and I just really focused on like turnover, honestly. Um, because, you know, I had a very solid base, um, leading into worlds just from cross training. Like I was cross training like a maniac all winter. And so I had a very strong aerobic base, but my sharpness wasn't there because you can't really do that on an elliptical on a bike. I don't, I believe turnover you can only get from running and and doing speed work. So, um, I focus because worlds made me realize like my climbing's good, you know, like I, you know, I, I couldn't climb for a long time, but it's still there. Like climbing is definitely a strength of mine. When I, when people ask me, what's your greatest strength when it comes to trail running, I'd say climbing is, I just, I love a good grind. Um, (laughs) and, um, so one of the things that I came out of worlds with is I, I don't have that sharp speed to, you know, get after it on the flats and get after it on the downhills. And so we focused on getting that speed back that I lost over the months. And then, um, and then I just 
added more vert slowly. Um, you know, I'm not, you look at my Strava, I don't do that much vert. <laughs> I just, I'm not the type of person that needs it. Yeah. I believe it. Um, the few times that I do more than 13 to 15,000 feet of vert, I'm like so dead. Um, mm. I don't know how people can run. I like kudos to you that can run, you know, thousands of feet every day. I need to do like vert every other day or every other two days and then do speed work and or flat runs to recover properly. And so mm. I, my philosophy is when I, when I run trail, when I train on trail, I want to feel good doing it, you know, instead of wasting those miles feeling like crap sauce because I did too much and my quads are sore. And so going into OCC, it was like, Introducing more vert because um, prior to Worlds, I wasn't doing that much because I was still, you know, coming back from a very serious injury and I didn't want to re-injure myself. And um, and because he was, you know, in the hip and you use your hips so much when you climb. Um, and so I added more vert and I added more and, I, and then I really focused on sharpening up my speed. My coach thinks speed equals downhill. So... Um, hmm. Because, you know, there's only so much downhill you can send so you don't destroy yourselves and your quad, you know. So um, that's honestly what I did. I just I focused on feeling good on my climbs and sharpening up my speed because I think, you know, from what I've heard about the OCC course, it's very runnable, um, more te- not as technical as Worlds, not as technical as the rut. Um, I, it's kind of, what I fear is like runnable S and speed go kind of. Um, and so, yeah, I, I need that sharpness. I know that at worlds when, for example, Teresa LaBeouf passed me, I just didn't have that sharpness that I maybe had last year to like, oh, I need, I should go with her. Um, because you never know what can happen in the next like 12 miles. You know, I just, I let her go. Cause I was like, this is all I have in me right now, you know? And so, um, yeah, just, and also just focusing on my confidence. Um, I think people don't really talk about this, but when you go through an injury, when you come back to racing, like the confidence thing, honestly, is one of the biggest roles is like trusting your body again. Um, and it took so long for me to trust my body. Um, and I actually had a message my doctor at one point and tell him like, Hey, I need another MRI because I need that mental imagery that I am okay to train to the potential that I want to train or to the intensity that I want to train because Mm. I was having, you know, he calls them phantom pains on my hip where the injury was. And so I go in, get an MRI and he just looks at me and he tells me the story about you know, phantom pains and how athletes deal with it after a very serious injury because their brain wants to protect that area like all times. And so, yeah, he showed me the MRI image and he's like, Jen, your bone is completely healed. Like you can train, you can send. Cause I was like so cautious, especially on the downhills. And, um, and I'm not kidding. Like two weeks after, like the pain was gone. It was like somehow my brain decided like to trust it. So, yeah, it was a big confidence. So also working on that um, and realizing that, you know, like I may not be the same gen as last year, but maybe I could be a better gen than last year. So I got to say, one of the things that's a takeaway from this conversation for me is just, you know, the benefits of self-awareness and always checking in with yourself, your mind, your body, and also just like the the extent to which you really analyzed that performance at Worlds and what you needed to work on and... uh 
yeah, just like what was required to be successful at OCC. The last question I have for you revolves around your expectations at this race. As, as a fan of the sport, as a commentator on the sport, when I think about who's on that start line and, and who might podium or win, you're certainly right up there. In my opinion, probably in a lot of people's opinions. Do you feel that way? Like, are you are you here to win? Are you here to podium? Is that how you're going to race? Talk about that. Um, I mean, I'm definitely here to throw down. Um, and I, I think that's what makes races like this exciting is having all these girls that are potentially in the same fitness category and they're all out there. And it's honestly like who, who has it that day, who wants it the most that day. So my expectations for OCC is I want to race hard. And when I finish, I want to be like, that was, that was so hard you know, and I actually want to say that there's been a few races where I race really hard, for example, worlds. And I'm just like, my face goes numb. Like where I knew I raced really hard at worlds because like my face was tingling and my hands were tingling at the finish line. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but I feel like my, my body's shutting down. And so I, I going into OCC, like I, I want to show people my fitness and I want to show myself that I belong with these girls um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, my, my goal is to race really hard and, and do, do me out there. Um, and by do me, it means like follow my instinct to race because when I follow my instinct to race, it normally turns out really well. Like I've done that in all the races that I've done. Um, and you know, to some people I may start out too fast you know, and that's okay, but that's the way that I race and that's the way that I feel confident. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, I mean, I would love to podium. That would be amazing. Who doesn't want a podium? Um, and I think there's a lot of Americans that, um, I believe, um, can, we can sweep it if we all have a really great day. Not yeah. that I want to say all Americans should get one, two, three, <laughs> but that would be like, <laughs> incredible um cool. but i think we have so many so many strong women that have have that talent and have that um in mind for themselves too jen it's been an absolute pleasure to chat appreciate all the insight the self-reflection we're very excited to watch your race unfold next week we'll make sure to link to all of your social media in the show notes any final thoughts that you want to leave listeners and viewers with before we go oh man um <laughs> It's going to be an exciting weekend um, and just, yeah, I don't know. Enjoy it. <laughs> I bet, you know what? I, I'm, I'm forgetting one question and that is shoe choice on race day. What, do you, what are you going to be wearing to race OCC with? This is, I, I've forgotten to ask a few people this question and I'm getting berated on YouTube. So I got to ask you here, what's, what's your shoe of choice for OCC? Um, so I'm going to wear the um, North Face Pro 2s. Um, they just came out. Um, I race worlds in the pro ones and I love, I love racing in them. They're, um, our new carbon shoe. So, uh, I'm going to be racing in the pro twos. I'm an infinite girl, but you know, the pro twos are growing <laughs> on me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jen. Great to chat and best of luck out there. Thank you so much.